0: It's time for spring cleanup. My garage is a total mess. Between my two kids going in and out of school with all their stuff piled up. My garage is no place to stand, no place for my car to park. It's time to clean up. And it is time to tune up. All that is around this. Last week I was having several lunch and dinner with um, co-workers and friends and uh, as we were eating and uh, one person was staying away from eating meat. This person just loves meat. And I said, don't you, what's the matter with you? How come you're not eating meat? Are you on meat diet or something? Simply says, I am restraining from meat for 40 days. Another person, after the meal, and are eager to get coffee together. This person loves coffee, and uh, this particular meal after the meal won't take any coffee orders. And I says, "What's what's with uh, no coffee?" Well, I am restraining, fasting, coffee for forty days. <laughs> There's some tuning going on lately in people's lives. Last week was my 60th birthday, believe it or not. I used to be able to say I'm in the 50s, but I can't say that no more, and I don't really want to say I'm in the 60s. And I got this birthday card the other day pointing out that this person... She said she sat in front of her piano trying to play her favorite though. and she noticed some distracting noise coming from the piano. And she couldn't make this beautiful tune that she set out to do. Obviously, the piano was out of tune. And pointing out that our lives in Christ is very similar. Sometimes in our lives we get tuned out from the way of the Christ. And we need to tune, if you want to make beautiful music, through us. As I was reading this particular uh, card, it reminded me of this particular verse. That staying tuned is to remain in him. John 15, 7, if you remain in me, and other Bible verses says, if you abide in me, my words remain in me, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. To be able to tune our lives with Christ, we need to remain in him, and his words must remain in us just as well. This is the peer of Lent. During the Lent, we focus on Jesus, and we should. But if we just focus on Jesus, if we just remember him and we do not reflect how God is in our lives, if you're not making an effort to remain in him, that's not what Jesus desires from us. Because in Matthew 9, Jesus says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Now you can look at sacrifice in different ways. Commonly we know of sacrifice as Jesus having sacrificed for us, meaning sacrificing others in our behalf. Lots of time we as Christians focus on sacrificing by others on our behalf. Like in Old Testament. They sacrifice sheep and goats. Signifying the importance of shedding blood for forgiveness. And ultimately, our Lord Jesus Christ died on our behalf. That's where our focus is. And we should. Yes, we sacrifice other things like sheep and goats. And that's not of us. That's the problem. That's not of us. It's others. It's somebody else. The second one of that sacrifice in the Bible is referring to, it's just the opposite of that. It's a sacrificing oneself for others. meaning sacrificing oneself to seek righteousness before God and giving up for others. And it's associated with a personal sacrifice, not somebody else. Yes, in the case of Jesus, he was sacrificed by our God. And from Jesus' perspective, that was his personal sacrifice. He himself sacrificed But yet, from God's perspective, and because God is Jesus and Jesus is God, the act of sacrificing his son was sacrificing himself. In other words, it's good that we remember the sacrifice God made for us and that we are thankful However, what God desires in us, in addition to remembering him, is that he desires us to seek that righteousness by sacrificing something in us that is not in line with him. And also sacrificing something in us for others. So to remain in him, we need to tune up. And Jesus did just that. Forty days. In preparation for his ministry. What is Lent? Lent is a season of forty days. It's not counting Sundays. Lent comes from the Anglo Saxon word for lantern, which means spring. That's why I mentioned spring cleanup. It's good for spring to do something. The 40 days represents the time Jesus spent in the wilderness, enduring the temptation of Satan and preparing his way for the ministry. Now, the word Lent is not in the Bible. But the practice of Lent, which involves praying, fastening, and giving up, are indeed very, very biblical and Christ-centered. Lent is time for repentance, fastening, preparing, preparation for the coming of Easter. It's a time for self-examination and reflection. In the early church... Lent was time to prepare new comfort for baptism. Today, Christians focus on their relationship with God, often choosing to give up something or to volunteer by giving themselves for others. Lent is for tuning up. And if we not have done so, if you not done something similar to what others may have done, such as I'm going to restrain from the love of my life, the coffee. I'm going to restrain the love of my life, the food, the meat. Something that you personally would sacrifice and give up. Here are some ideas as to how you can tune up as you prepare You can fast from the habits that are destructive to your spiritual health. Fast from material things you're so attached to. Reflecting on areas of life that are unbalanced. Reflecting the times that you are devoting too much time when not necessary. More specifically, you can give up sweets and candies, give up television, or even dramas, give up snacks or sodas, giving up video games, spending extensive amount of time in Facebooks and Instagrams. You can give to the poor, make the calls that you don't often make, perform a random act of kindness. Incidentally, when I was, three weeks ago, when I went to Washington, D.C., and there I was preaching for three days in revival, and there was like seven to eight messages that I had to give And this huge church, probably about five, 6,000 people. And I was welcomed with this, this notion that I am known in the church is someone who does act of kindness. I said, what are you talking about? Well, before you came, there's somebody in this church, out of one person, out of several 1000 she so who's been going around telling this person is the, uh, the person who shows the act of random kindness that profoundly impacted my life. Said, what are you talking about? Well, this person has been going around in you know, small groups or whatever, about, seven, about the decades ago, she was driving and, 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 and to Biblical Theological Seminary. Her husband was a student, and her car got stranded in highway somewhere. I was driving by. Back then, I stopped because the car was stranded and offered to help. She said, everything is going to be okay, and reach husband, and husband's going to come show up, and and there I saw back of the seat, and it was babies, in the baby seat. So we're having some conversation, and what was very apparent is that she didn't know what the problem with her car was, and she is stressed because it's going to cost her lots of money to fix her car, because they don't have that kind of money. Somehow, I don't know exactly how I did it, and then opening my wallet up and gave her whatever I had. That simple, random act of kindness became an open gateway and doorway for me to go to that church. The 5,000-member church to receive the Word of God. Spend more time in prayer, attend service that you don't normally attend, like small groups, Wednesday prayer meetings. Oh, by the way, as we mentioned, that we're going to be doing Good Friday service this year. So remember those things. Basically, Lent is a tremendous opportunity for spiritual growth, a time to really turn up our life before Christ, And the Bible says, if you know these things, please do it. John 13, 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Guys, we got to do these things. Even Nike, they do it. They just say, just do it. And Under Armour, they say, I will, I will do it. If the corporation can do this on a daily basis, why we as Christians? cannot do this on a daily basis to be able to tune up before Christ. So let's look at how Jesus was tuning up. How he was able to overcome the temptation that he was going to face or he was facing prior to starting engaging his ministry. He prepared for 40 days for his ministry. And during that preparation, during that time, he was tempted. Just like we are tempted. And when we are not tuned up, we may yield to that temptation. And remember very clearly in the Bible, Satan challenged him during the 40 days. The first one was, Satan went to Jesus and says, if you're all that great, if your God is all that great, change this stone to bread. To which Jesus responded, man does not live on bread alone. That wasn't very satisfactory to Satan. And Satan tried again. He said, Why don't you jump off from this high point, the cliff? And Jesus reminded, responded to him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Still, Satan tried to tempt him once again. Took him to the mountain top and had Jesus look at all, everything that he saw and said, if you bow before me, I will give all this to you. Jesus was pounded. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You see, you need to be able to tune up in order to be able to fight against this temptation. That's what we do. When you go on a road trip, this is what we do. We tune up. We load up. We tune up. We prepare for any potential downfalls. Jesus was focusing during the 40 days on his ministry. What he is to do, his ministry. What is his active engagement? What is his rule of engagement? Was to simply to Give up for others. To serve others. And ultimately, at the end of his ministry, was to die for us. And that's best summed up in Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And ultimately, to give his life as a ransom for many. There are two things here. On a daily basis, what did he do on a daily basis? He was serving others. His focus was serving others. What was his ultimate destination? What did he knew he had to do at the end of the day? What was at the cross line? It was a banner with uh, uh, tape and, and cameras and first place victory. It was the cross. It was to give up his life as a ransom for all of us. In order for him to accomplish this mission, he needed to turn up his life. Jesus' focus was on sacrifice. And it was not about having others sacrifice for him. That is the big lesson for today. While we focus on others to sacrifice for us, Jesus' focus was to sacrifice himself for others. And that's what he wants us to do. That is a true lesson behind this entire Bible. You can teach people about the laws. You can teach people about how to worship. You can teach about the prophets. But we cannot, if we cannot, sacrifice oneself for others, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. That's not what Jesus showed us. That's not what Jesus showed us. And if you think, that you know everything about this, that you know everything about the salvation, atonement, sanctification, grace, and mercy, you are wrong about the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ, the ultimate teaching. Yes, of course he wants to know that. But what is at the end of the line? What is at the finish line? That's what he wants to see, because that's what he demonstrated how are you going to, on a daily basis, be able to take in and be able to sacrifice oneself? It's very difficult. Because when our mindset, the way we process, is fixed on something, it's very difficult. And therefore, I often give you illustration about this young little girl. Kindergarten, maybe. Teacher was teaching the class, as to what are the seven wonders of the world. Everybody, their mind processing was all about the great wonders of the world being the Great Wall of China, Colosseum in Rome, Tower in Paris, all these great things. That's how they process their minds if we process what's in the Bible through this great deal, I understand atonement. I understand sanctification. I understand justification. That doesn't change us, does it? Jesus did not come to teach just that. He actually lived it. But what he wants to show us is what are you ready to sacrifice yourself? for others. What are you ready for? But this girl said, that's not my seven wonders of the world. My seven wonders of the world are to, t- to touch, to see, to hear, to taste, to run and to laugh and to love. When you process the Bible with that way everything would look different your attitude towards people will be different your judgment to others will be different I pose the same question We can have half go. The biblical theological seminarians. I was invited to speak to them. I posed the exact same question. You guys came here to learn all about the great wonders of what Christ and God has done for us. Such as justification, sanctification, atonement, and salvation, and grace, and mercy. You write theses, you write essays. Why? The question was: We understand all that, but why did Christ have to die? Why did He have to die? Was the question. God is most powerful. He could do anything. He didn't have to have Jesus die on the cross to bring about the salvation. He could have done other ways. What are you guys writing about in your essays, in your thesis? As to why he had to die on the cross? The question is, what are you learning from it? How are you applying that amazing grace How are you applying to your life on a daily basis? Like this girl would. This girl will be appreciated over just about everything. When you are saying the great wonders of the world are about this, just basic things that we take for granted. Seminary and I told him, "You can write all about those things, But ultimately, if you can sum it up by saying, God wants us to do the same. Don't just talk about his amazing act of kindness, how he died for us, and through how we are saved the very fact that he died himself, he did not put up sheep or goats to sacrifice. He himself did. What's the lesson behind? Is that we as Christians, we are to do the same thing on a daily basis. We need to give up something. We need to sacrifice something. So that what we do is pleasing to the Lord. This was one of my biggest lesson in awakening when I was in the hospital waiting for that surgery. It's the most powerful teaching, I would say. It changed my life. It changed the way I look at life. This changed the way I look at the Bible. It changed how I apply the biblical principles, the truth to my life and how I attempt to treat others. This was so big awakening for me that it caused me to start Marketplace Missionary Business to start an architectural design firm. That foundation is in biblical principle. During the tough times, looking at the, 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 the importance of like, the values this girl to touch and to care, to love, it gave me enough faith encourage to not to lay anybody off when other people were laying 40 to 60% of their staff. It also gave me the courage to say we will take the responsibility when a mistake occurred in one of our largest projects with a potentially major remedial consequences. And it empowered me to give up the story that you know very well, to give up that, that heart that I was to receive, giving that heart up to a young lady next door. So what is this most powerful teaching that helped me to stay tuned up. It's not the usual thing. I am not talking about the most powerful verse in the Bible, like God is love, or the verse like John 3, 16. We all know that. To me, that's like, wow. God's love is like this amazing that seven wonders of the Bible teaching. The most powerful teaching that I'm talking about is this, Colossians five thirteen, and it is said three or four times in the Bible throughout. The entire law is summed up in a single command. All those commands, all those law, and all those prophets, whether it's justification, sanctification, worship, grace, and everything combined that you guys are writing about, you guys are learning about, it all comes down to one thing in a single command love your neighbor as yourself. It involves oneself. And it's not about somebody else sacrificing for ourselves. Not anymore. That's already been done by our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse does not say, love your neighbor, period. It does not say that. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. What is the meaning of this? It is so clear. It means to sacrifice oneself. Sacrifice your ego sacrifice your greed. Sacrifice whatever that is tempting you. That's exactly what it says. It means giving up something for neighbor. Not merely pointing out the law and the prophets of the Bible. If you look at the Bible with the lens of this young girl and you begin to see How Jesus saw his ministry, his mission, and his purpose. Love them as yourself. It's not about having a nice gesture or simply having compassion. No, no, no. You are short. We talk about we're short from his glory. You are being short of his glory if we do just that. It is about sacrificing, as in giving up something that may result. It may result in pain and hardship. But that's what we need to take in. When you sacrifice yourself, normally in the beginning, it gives us the pain and hardship. that's only that's the only way you know whether you have sacrificed for someone or not if it brings a little bit of pain if it brings a little bit of hardship then you have sacrificed i mean you have sacrificed yourself that's the formula there's no replacement the question is What have you sacrificed lately? What are you doing to tune up your life? The way to remain in him is to tune up by giving up something that does not belong to God. Once again, John fifteen seven, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, then you ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is what happened on the cross. This is what happened on the cross. This isn't about Bible verse about blessings, simply blessings. Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross. He remained in God, and God's word was in him. And three days later, he was given new life, resurrection. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Too often we ask for things in our prayer without sacrifice. That's not Jesus' formula. The fact that Jesus died, that we don't have to go through the pain anymore, hardship anymore, it simply gives our entitlement to be his children, to enter and to have eternal life with him. But on this life, in this life, no one is ready to go to heaven right now. And I, the last time I checked, even though there are solid Christians, except maybe Pastor Tom, he always talks about it's time to go. Nobody wants to go, they want to stay here. If we want to stay here, that's what we've got to do. Because we already received the entitlement to go to heaven. Why do we keep on talking about entitlements? We already have it. We are not required to die like Christ Jesus. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as random for men. He already done that. But we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, as as if we are the ransom for them. And God's promise is this. If we do them, if we sacrifice oneself for others, we will be blessed and will be in whatever we ask will be given to us because sacrifice of oneself and the blessing, the resurrection, the victory are of the same. You cannot take one out only expect only one thing. If you want the blessing, if you want a victory, if you want a resurrection in your life, prerequisite toward that is sacrificing oneself for others. Sacrificing oneself is tuning up for the glory. For us to be able to remain in Him. Let us pray. Father God, Heaven, we thank you. We just want to remain in.